Chapter 1. Getting Started Some days you're the dog, and some days you're the hydrant. Anonymous This book began life three years ago as Life Without the B.S. It hovered between one and two in the political humor category on Amazon for a month. Then I got the idea to make it more political. What a can of worms that opened up. I handed out 25,000 copies of the book in an Amazon giveaway. Many of them got into the wrong hands, as often happens when you dish out freebies. It didn't take long for the bad reviews to start pouring in. They said I was childish, an aging racist, and outdated. Readers enjoyed the observations about growing up in the 1960s and 1970s. They thought my comments were spot-on and funny in a Dave Barry kind of way. Someone else said the book gave them a lot to think about and reminded them to pay attention. Another reader couldn't help laughing out loud while reading this book. But then I added politics to the equation and things took a sudden turn for the worse. People began hating on the book and me. The best suggestion I read after that was to keep the book in the bathroom for when the toilet paper runs low. That reviewer was probably onto something because another reader called it total crap. What I've done in this edition is to go back to basics. All the political mumbo-jumbo is gone. This book contains what everyone liked. It's filled with observations on life and growing up in the 1960s, 1970s, and beyond. Let the lies begin. Chapter 2 The Night Jughead Talked and Other Strange Shit in Iowa I tried marijuana once. I did not inhale. Bill Clinton Remember that old saying about how you should never stick anything bigger than your elbow in your ass and never take medicine the doctor didn't prescribe? I should have listened. But it was 1971. I was 13, and you know about kids, peer pressure and all that other crazy shit. I was reading an Archie comic book. Jughead jumped out and talked to me. You can probably guess the rest of the story. My friend Mike and I were camping out in his backyard that weekend. His parents had one of those fold-out units, sort of like a tent on wheels. There wasn't a lot of room. We had a couple of flashlights, a shitload of pop, candy, and chips. It was sure to be a great adventure. Man against the wilderness. Or, in this case, boy against the backyard. The night began with a long walk to nowhere. Two purple pills and a big gulp of tab. Up until a half hour before that, the most potent substance I had ever ingested was a bottle of Coca-Cola. Now, I'd swallowed my second purple pill. What a strange ride I had before me only God and Timothy Leary knew, and neither of them was talking. There was some serious mumbo-jumbo going on here. What it was, I wasn't sure. The reason I bring this up is then as now, Schools, parents, and the authorities did all they could to discourage kids from trying drugs. Then, as now, they did the wrong things, or used the wrong approach to stomp out the drug epidemic. Case in point, insisting marijuana is a gateway drug. The gateway drug is whatever substance is handy. Kids aren't picky about what they're willing to experiment with. It can be marijuana, beer, acid, Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill wine, or whatever substance kids get their hands on. It's not the substance. It's the opportunity. Dish up some crazy purple pills, stir in some peer pressure, and add an opportunity to put them together. 
that gives you a recipe for disaster. For some kids, it's a tube of glue, a can of WD-40, or some expired prescriptions they discover in the medicine cabinet. Boredom is part of the problem. So is curiosity. Kids hear a lot of stuff. Some of it makes them wonder, what if? What if I swallow the whole bottle of pills? Mom and Dad take a swig from the bottle. Why shouldn't I? Curiosity is natural, but remember what it did to the cat? Kids get a lot of distorted information. When they are heading out to the movies on Friday night with the gang, Dad sets down his drink and tells the kids to have fun, but not to overdo it. As he takes another swig from his beer can, he reminds the kids not to drink or smoke any of that funny stuff. Anti-drug TV commercials and drug education programs suffer from the same ambiguity.